Section 5 of What is Man and Other Essays by Mark Twain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. What is Man? Section 5. More about the machine. Note. When Mrs. W. asks how can a millionaire give a single dollar to colleges and museums while one human being is destitute of bread, she has answered her question herself. Her feeling for the poor shows that she has a standard of benevolence. Therefore she has conceded the millionaire's privilege of having a standard. Since she evidently requires him to adopt her standard, she is by that act requiring herself to adopt his. The human being always looks down when he is examining another person's standard. He never finds one that he has to examine by looking up. THE MAN-MACHINE AGAIN YOUNG MAN You really think man is a mere machine? OLD MAN I do. YM And that his mind works automatically and is independent of his control, carries on thought on its own hook? OM Yes. It is diligently at work, unceasingly at work, during every waking moment. Have you never tossed about all night, imploring, beseeching, commanding your mind to stop work and let you go to sleep? You who perhaps imagine that your mind is your servant, and must obey your orders, think what you tell it to think, and stop when you tell it to stop. When it chooses to work there is no way to keep it still for an instant. The brightest man would not be able to supply it with subjects if he had to hunt them up. If it needed the man's help, it would wait for him to give it work when he wakes in the morning. Y.M. Maybe it does. O.M. No, it begins right away, before the man gets wide enough awake to give it a suggestion. He may go to sleep saying, The moment I wake I will think upon such and such a subject, but he will fail his mind will be too quick for him. By the time he has become nearly enough awake to be half-conscious, he will find that it is already at work upon another subject. Make the experiment and see. Y.M. At any rate, he can make it stick to a subject if he wants to. O.M. Not if it finds another that suits it better. As a rule, it will listen to neither a dull speaker nor a bright one. It refuses all persuasion. The dull speaker wearies it and sends it far away in idle dreams. The bright speaker throws out stimulating ideas which it goes chasing after and is at once unconscious of him and his talk. You cannot keep your mind from wandering, if it wants to. It is master, not you. After an interval of days. O.M. Now, dreams. Uh, but we will examine that later. Meantime, did you try commanding your mind to wait for orders from you, and not do any thinking on its own hook? Y.M. Yes. I commanded it to stand ready to take orders when I should wake in the morning. O.M. Did it obey? Y.M. No. It went to thinking of something of its own initiation without waiting for me. Also, as you suggested, at night I appointed a theme for it to begin on in the morning and commanded it to begin on that one and no other. O.M. Did it obey? Y.M. No. O.M. How many times did you try the experiment? Y.M. Ten. O.M. How many successes did you score? Y.M. Not one. O.M. 
it is as i have said the mind is independent of the man he has no control over it it does as it pleases it will take up a subject in spite of him it will stick to it in spite of him it will throw it aside in spite of him it is entirely independent of him ym go on illustrate om do you know chess ym i learned it a week ago om did your mind go on playing the game all night that first night ym don't mention it om it was eagerly unsatisfiably interested it rioted in the combinations you implored it to drop the game and let you get some sleep ym yes it wouldn't listen it played right along it wore me out and i got up haggard and wretched in the morning om at some time or other you have been captivated by a ridiculous rhyme jingle ym indeed yes i saw esau kissing kate and she saw i saw esau i saw esau he saw kate and she saw and so on my mind went mad with joy over it it repeated it all day and all night for a week in spite of all i could do to stop it and it seemed to me that i must surely go crazy o m and the new popular song y m oh yes in the sweet by and by etc yes the new popular song with the taking melody sings through one's head day and night asleep and awake till one is a wreck there is no getting the mind to let it alone o m yes asleep as well as awake the mind is quite independent it is master you have nothing to do with it it is so apart from you that it can conduct its affairs sing its songs play its chess weave its complex and ingeniously constructed dreams while you sleep it has no use for your help no use for your guidance and never uses either whether you be asleep or awake you have imagined that you could originate a thought in your mind and you have sincerely believed you could do it ym yes i have had that idea om yet you can't originate a dream thought for it to work out and get it accepted ym no om and you can't dictate its procedure after it has originated a dream thought for itself ym no no one can do it do you think the waking mind and the dream mind are the same machine om there is argument for it we have wild and fantastic day thoughts things that are dreamlike ym yes like mr wells man who invented a drug that made him invisible and like the arabian tales of the thousand nights om and there are dreams that are rational simple consistent and unfantastic ym yes i have dreams that are like that dreams that are just like real life dreams in which there are several persons with distinctly differentiated characters inventions of my mind and yet strangers to me a vulgar person a refined one a wise person a fool a cruel person a kind and compassionate one a quarrelsome person a peacemaker old persons and young beautiful girls and homely ones they talk in character each preserves his own characteristics there are vivid fights vivid and biting insults vivid love passages there are tragedies and comedies there are griefs that go to one's heart 
there are sayings and doings that make you laugh indeed the whole thing is exactly like real life O.M. your dreaming mind originates the scheme consistently and artistically develops it and carries the little drama credibly through all without help or suggestion from you y.m yes O.M. it is argument that it could do the like awake without help or suggestion from you and i think it does it is argument that it is the same old mind in both cases and never needs your help i think the mind is purely a machine a thoroughly independent machine an automatic machine have you tried the other experiment which i suggested to you y m which one o m the one which was to determine how much influence you have over your mind if any y m yes and got more or less entertainment out of it i did as you ordered i placed two texts before my eyes one a dull one and barren of interest the other one full of interest inflamed with it white-hot with it i commanded my mind to busy itself solely with a dull one o m did it obey y m well no it didn't it busied itself with the other one o m did you try hard to make it obey y m yes i did my honest best o m what was the text which it refused to be interested in or think about y m it was this question if a owes b a dollar and a half and b owes c two and three quarters and c owes a thirty-five cents and d and a together owe e and b three sixteenths of uh, of i don't remember the rest now but anyway it was wholly uninteresting and i could not force my mind to stick to it even half a minute at a time it kept flying off to the other text o m what was the other text y m it is no matter about that o m but what was it y m a photograph o m your own y m no it was hers o m you really made an honest good test did you make a second trial y m yes i commanded my mind to interest itself in the morning paper's report of the pork market and at the same time i reminded it of an experience of mine of sixteen years ago it refused to consider the pork and gave its whole blazing interest to that ancient incident o m what was the incident y m an armed desperado slapped my face in the presence of twenty spectators it makes me wild and murderous every time i think of it o m good tests both very good tests did you try my other suggestion y m the one which was to prove to me that if i would leave my mind to its own devices it would find things to think about without any of my help and thus convince me that it was a machine an automatic machine set in motion by exterior influences and as independent of me as it could be if it were in someone else's skull is that the one o m yes y m i tried it i was shaving i had slept well and my mind was very lively even gay and frisky it was reveling in a fantastic and joyful episode of my remote boyhood which had suddenly flashed up in my memory moved to this by the spectacle of a yellow cat picking its way carefully along the top of the garden wall the color of this cat brought the bygone cat before me and i saw her walking along the side step of the pulpit 
saw her walk on to a large sheet of sticky fly-paper and get all her feet involved, saw her struggle and fall down, helpless and dissatisfied, more and more urgent, more and more unreconciled, more and more mutely profane, saw the silent congregation quivering like jelly, and the tears running down their faces. I saw it all. The sight of the tears whisked my mind to a far distant and a sadder scene, in Terra del Fuego, and with Darwin's eyes I saw a naked great savage hurl his little boy against the rocks for a trifling fault, saw the poor mother gather up her dying child and hug it to her breast and weep, uttering no word. Did my mind stop to mourn with that nude black sister of mine? No. It was far away from that scene in an instant, and was busying itself with an ever-recurring and disagreeable dream of mine. In this dream I always find myself, stripped to my shirt, cringing and dodging about in the midst of a great drawing-room throng of finely dressed ladies and gentlemen, and wondering how I got there. And so on and so on, picture after picture, incident after incident, a drifting panorama of ever-changing, ever-dissolving views manufactured by my mind without any help from me. Why, it would take me two hours to merely name the multitude of things my mind tallied off and photographed in fifteen minutes, let alone describe them to you. O.M. A man's mind, left free, has no use for his help. But there is one way whereby he can get its help when he desires it. Y.M. What is that way? O.M. When your mind is racing along from subject to subject and strikes an inspiring one, open your mouth and begin talking upon that matter, or take your pen and use that. It will interest your mind and concentrate it, and it will pursue the subject with satisfaction. It will take full charge and furnish the words itself. Y.M. But don't I tell it what to say? O.M. There are certainly occasions when you haven't time. The words leap out before you know what is coming. Y.M. For instance. O.M. Well, take a flash of wit, a repartee. Flash is the right word. It is out instantly. There is no time to arrange the words. There is no thinking, no reflecting. Where there is a wit mechanism, it is automatic in its action and needs no help where the wit mechanism is lacking no amount of study and reflection can manufacture the product why am um, you really think a man originates nothing creates nothing the thinking process o m i do men perceive and their brain machines automatically combine the things perceived that is all why am um, the steam engine o m it takes fifty men a hundred years to invent it. One meaning of invent is discover. I use the word in that sense. Little by little they discover and apply the multitude of details that go to make the perfect engine. Watt noticed that confined steam was strong enough to lift the lid of the teapot. He didn't create the idea, he merely discovered the fact. The cat had noticed it a hundred times. From the teapot he evolved the cylinder. From the displaced lid he evolved the piston-rod. To attach something to the piston-rod to be moved by it was a simple matter, crank and wheel. And so there was a working engine. Note 1. The Marquess of Worcester had done all of this more than a century earlier. 
one by one improvements were discovered by men who used their eyes not their creating powers for they hadn't any and now after a hundred years the patient contributions of fifty or a hundred observers stand compacted in the wonderful machine which drives the ocean liner y m a shakespearean play o m the process is the same the first actor was a savage he reproduced in his theatrical war dances scalp dances and so on incidents which he had seen in real life a more advanced civilization produced more incidents more episodes the actor and the story-teller borrowed them and so the drama grew little by little stage by stage it is made up of the facts of life not creations it took centuries to develop the greek drama it borrowed from preceding ages it lent to the ages that came after men observe and combine that is all so does a rat y m how o m he observes a smell he infers a cheese he seeks and finds the astronomer observes this and that adds his this and that to the this and that's of a hundred predecessors infers an invisible planet seeks it and finds it the rat gets into a trap gets out with trouble infers that cheese in traps lacks value and meddles with that trap no more the astronomer is very proud of his achievement the rat is proud of his yet both are machines they have done machine work they have originated nothing they have no right to be vain the whole credit belongs to their maker they are entitled to no honors no praises no monuments when they die no remembrance one is a complex and elaborate machine the other a simple and limited machine but they are alike in principle function and process and neither of them works otherwise than automatically and neither of them may righteously claim a personal superiority or a personal dignity above the other y m in earned personal dignity then and in personal merit for what he does it follows of necessity that he is on the same level as a rat o m his brother the rat yes that is how it seems to me neither of them being entitled to any personal merit for what he does it follows of necessity that neither of them has a right to arrogate to himself personally created superiorities over his brother y m are you determined to go on believing in these insanities would you go on believing in them in the face of able arguments backed by collated facts and instances o m i have been a humble earnest and sincere truth-seeker y m very well o m the humble earnest and sincere truth-seeker is always convertible by such means y m i am thankful to god to hear you say this for now i know that your conversion o m wait you misunderstand i said i have been a truth-seeker y m well o m i am not that now have you forgotten i told you that there are none but temporary truth-seekers that a permanent one is a human impossibility that as soon as the seeker finds what he is thoroughly convinced is the truth 
he seeks no further but gives the rest of his days to hunting junk to patch it and caulk it and prop it with and make it weatherproof and keep it from caving in on him hence the presbyterian remains a presbyterian the mohammedan a mohammedan the spiritualist a spiritualist the democrat a democrat the republican a republican the monarchist a monarchist and if a humble earnest and sincere seeker after truth should find it in the proposition that the moon is made of green cheese nothing could ever budge him from that position for he is nothing but an automatic machine and must obey the laws of his construction y m and so o m having found the truth perceiving that beyond question man has but one moving impulse the contenting of his own spirit and is merely a machine and entitled to no personal merit for anything he does it is not humanly possible for me to seek further the rest of my days will be spent in patching and painting and puttying and caulking my priceless possession and in looking the other way when an imploring argument or a damaging fact approaches end of section five